Welcome to the Australian Digital Health Agency podcast, supporting health professionals to realise a healthier future for Australians through connected healthcare. Hello, I'm Dr. Andrew Rochford, and welcome to the Australian Digital Health Agency podcast. Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we are broadcasting from and in which you are listening. I wish to acknowledge their continuing connection to land, sea and community, and I pay my respects to them and to Elders past, present and emerging, and extend the respect to any Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples joining us today. The My Health Record is an online summary of a person's health information. Using existing clinical software, GPs can read and add to a person's ongoing medical information. Today, we are going to be talking to general practitioners about how the My Health Record system can benefit both patients and doctors and the tips and tricks that they have developed over time for using the system. It's my pleasure to introduce today's panel, uh, Dr. Peter Del Fonte, Dr. Charlotte Hespie, Dr. Christine Paskett, and Dr. Mike Bainbridge. Thank you, everybody, for joining me. Uh, I'm looking forward to this chat and hearing more about the My Health Record. My hat that I wear is in the emergency department. We're constantly connected into the world of general practice uh, and also the My Health Record. But I'm sure there's plenty of people listening looking forward to getting your approach to how My Health Record has been used in your practice. To kick things off, um, I'd like to know what are some of the challenges doctors like yourself, Charlotte, we'll start with you, face when trying to get all of the health information you need when treating or caring for a patient? What are those challenges that you face? Oh, thanks for that uh, wicked question, <laughs> Andrew. Um, it's sort of really, where do you start? I think one of the difficulties of our health system is that it is so dislocated and so fractured. So I'm an inner city GP and you'd think therefore that it would be fairly easy, but in fact that probably makes it harder because the patients under my care have got an ability to access a large number of different systems, all in easy QE, and none of those systems actually co communicate either with me or with each other. So I have three um, local health districts, as we call them, sort of right in my patch, and a large number of private providers. So how do I go about doing that? Well, really, I take a patient-centred approach. So it's about talking to the person that I'm trying to gather the information about and try and find out from them everything that they have and then try to do a bit of a backtracking detective-like scurry around for what um, is important. Peter, can I get a sense of where you find the challenges in, in managing your practice and getting that information for each of your patients in the same way that Charlotte faces those challenges in, in gathering all that information in one place? Yeah, thanks, Andrew. And look, I think Charlotte certainly covered the usual pain points for us as uh, particularly general practitioners in finding information uh, when a patient presents uh, to us. Um, but often these are patients that are, that are my patients and and, um, and I've certainly got a reasonable amount of information about them. However, they uh, also tend to be mobile, as Charlotte alluded to, and the, probably the two most important ones is when they've travelled either uh, out to the outback or interstate and had uh, a need to contact a GP or an ED department or even be hospitalised and... Um, Trying to, and when I see them and not having that information available it is, is certainly a, a considerable problem, particularly if they can't articulate exactly what happened um, and, and what were the outcomes and, and, and what information I need to know. 
Um, more locally, the, the, the other pain point for me is when my patients go to have an outpatient visit and they have several outpatient visits, uh, including a whole range of investigations, x-rays and pathology tests. And until I get the letter from the specialist letter as to what they've done and et cetera, I'm left in the dark uh, for a considerable amount of time. And particularly if I want to, a patient presents to me with something related to their outpatient visit or something new, it'd be nice to know what investigations they had done so that I don't have to necessarily repeat those tests. So it's it's getting that whole picture is, is at that point of care is the most important thing and challenge, particularly if you know, and the patient can often, more often than not, will tell you that they've been elsewhere and had things done to them, but cannot articulate what exactly was done other than an X-ray and some bloods were taken. So that's where I find uh, the challenge is getting that information from a single source. Happy to talk about the My Health Record as how that's helped me as well in a several of these sort of scenarios uh, in the past. But um, I'll stop there. Yeah, let's let's hold a little bit of anticipation on on where the My Health Record has dived in. And and before we get there, I'd love to hear from Chris and and, and Mike as well about some of the challenges you face. First, you, Christine. Uh, do you have any additional challenges to add to what Charlotte and Peter have thrown up so far? Yeah, thanks, Andrew. In our practice, we have a very high intake of new patients every year. And what we find is that it's an extremely time-consuming process to try and receive relevant medical records. So that involves requesting and then waiting to receive relevant medical records from other healthcare providers, such as hospitals and, and general practices. And so that can delay the management in terms of the healthcare of our patients. Mike, any, anything additional from you? Yeah, just to amplify on that, really, uh, I think there's there's three challenges. Uh, there's one around continuity of care and making sure that things don't get lost. You know, as as people come in to see us when they're stressed, they tend, you know, the, 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 the maybe the major thing in front of their uh, at the moment, but they, they may forget to tell us some vital information like their allergies or their intolerances or things that have already been tried. And then there's the the usability of the systems. You know, we all know how difficult some of these processes are. And if that is improved through uh, the application of technology, then the usability and the quality of the system improves. And that's the third piece is around the data and the data quality. Uh, I want to be able to make decisions based on high quality data and both myself as a patient and myself as a doctor. I don't want to have to keep asking the same questions every time someone comes in because if it's been asked once we should be able to use it many times so continuity usability and quality are all bound up in what we need to uh, have as things given to us as clinicians for the future well i think you guys have painted a very succinct and also comprehensive picture of some of the challenges to move now to the My Health record, and first to you, Mike, um, how have you found that it's helped overcome some of these challenges that you've raised? Um, and what have you found to be the most beneficial part of the My Health record? Uh, I think 
being able to embark on this journey around telling the patient's cradle-to-grave story so that we at least have a repository where we are starting to build that story. And as I said in, in my previous answer, we're starting to get answers uh, coming back from that uh, is part of what is so useful. It would be very helpful if the, the data that is held in the My Health Record was able to drive decision support systems in the clinical systems, and we're not quite at that stage yet, and how that's achieved, I think, is going to be one of the burning questions of the next couple of years in how we as clinicians drive that interoperability between the different systems. Because if we don't drive it, nobody else will. And until we drive that, then we're stuck with getting documents, which is better than not having the documents and uh, helping us uh, make better decisions. But the way that this could develop is just very exciting. And we have all of the things in place. It's just a matter of getting the clinical leadership now to drive the next stages. Christine, what are some of the digital tools in the My Health Record that you've found most beneficial? I think... Um some of the useful benefits within the My Health Record is the access to uh, previous investigations that have been done. So when we have patients who might have been into the emergency department, for instance, Andrew, or have been hospitalised, it's really important for us to be able to follow up on the care of these patients in the primary care setting. It's frustrating if we don't have access to investigation results um, that have been done in the hospital setting. So the My Health Record is now allowing us to access pathology and radiology results from the hospital-based setting. And I think what that's allowing us to do is to reduce a lot of the unnecessary duplication and inconvenience to patients of having to have these tests redone. It means that we can access the information at the time of the consultation and provide more quality follow-up of patient care in that setting. Peter, you alluded to the fact that you had... Um some benefits you wanted to discuss of the My Health Record. Specifically uh, for you, where where have you found the most benefit? Yeah, Andrew, um, look, I've kind of all over, several places. Um, I, I guess I'll start with the medicines overview. I, I've found that absolutely um, critical when a new patient uh, attends who's on multiple medications um, and they've got a record. I, by going to the medicines overview, I can get a snapshot of what they've been taking over the last 12 months or so in, in terms of prescribed dispensed um, information, uh, and that's helpful. Um, often the patients uh, don't bring in their medications and uh, and they're going on, on taking a blood pressure medication. They often talk about the colour of the tablets and, and, and that's about it. Um, sometimes they might understand a brand name. So to get that completeness of exactly what they've been Taking the medications overview is certainly extremely helpful. If they've had a previous shared health summary uploaded or previous discharge summary from a, a, a hospitalisation, again, they are also secondary documents that I find useful to get my head around, uh, particularly around the diagnosis lists and uh, previous investigations. So I've had many examples of my patients going into state. First one was about five years ago when they were in the ACT uh, had a coronary event and there was a discharge summary with exactly everything that happened to them in terms of procedure and medications. 
And I found that useful only because the patient, when they presented to me back in Adelaide, came with no discharge summary, whole box and dice of medications and the, the medications he was taking before. Uh, and there was certainly some duplications there. And he wasn't very well at articulating exactly uh, what procedures um, he had done to him, uh, him uh, in the process, whether it was an angioplasty or stent, he, was, he couldn't remember. So it's that sort of scenario where you quickly can ascertain what exactly has happened, what medications they were put on, and help him not take other medications that he had at home from his previous prescribing. Uh, so all of those things really help in a safety perspective as well as a better outcome uh, for the patient. Yeah, I mean, that's such a great example of the idea of the right information for the right person at the right time. Really, that that access at that point when, when he's in front of you um, and the responsibility not so much falling on the patient to be able to to retell all the things that he's been told, but you being able to access that information reliably, I think you were right in saying that such a huge benefit to the patient, especially when it comes to safety. Um, Charlotte, over to you. I'd like to get your thoughts on on obviously how the My Health Record um, has helped you overcome some of the challenges. I'd also just like to get a sense of, of, of have you seen how it can be involved in other things that have come to prominence this year, telehealth consultations, electronic prescribing. I know that's coming into play. It might not necessarily be in your area. Secure messaging. Have you used or, or aware of, of these new features that are coming online with the My Health Record? Ah, where to start? Um, can I I'll just quickly, in terms of benefits of the My Health Record, I would I reiterate really what um, Christine and Peter have both talked about in terms of being able to get the diagnostic test results and medication safety. A particular story, for example, is I find specialists in my area are not very good at sending timely letters. And several of my patients have got not very good recall about what it is that they're doing or saying. And one of my patients with cardiovascular disease had seen a specialist, they'd had the medication changed and had no idea what the medication was, what the dose was. And that impinged on me because I was trying to get their blood pressure and their um, lipids better controlled. So I was able to go onto the My Health Record and see what medication had actually been dispensed. So we were then able to have an actually informed conversation about what needed to be changed and how to alter it for that patient to improve their outcomes. So, And that's been happening on an increasing number of occasions. Another one is a patient of mine through the local hospital had an investigation that they'd asked me to do the follow-up for, but of course hadn't provided me with the, with the test results. But I was able to actually access that particular imaging through the My Health portal, which was fantastic, and download it. Um, and all of the things that have already been mentioned. In terms of specifically this year, I think this year has been particularly good in terms of it's been useful because we have been stuck with people in their own homes and or being sort of mobile somewhere else and being able to care for them in a more remote fashion. So what I'm struck with with telehealth is that it means that we can actually offer much better continuity of care and patient-centred care. When my patients go away up north or, you know, out, out back, they used to always have to go and see a local GP if something went wrong in that little town. Now, those towns are often overburdened anyway. 
um, and then would have to spend a whole lot of time trying to update and decide whether it was safe or appropriate to do whatever was done. Now they can actually telehealth in and I've got the records and I can actually assist with care in a much better, more informed and safe and quality way of delivery. And it doesn't matter that they're not just down the road. And I just th- I can't think that that's not going to be good for limiting investigations, costs and errors in medications down the track and much better. I mean, can I tell you, I just love the ability to be able to track that, you know, that the medication has been dispensed a bit like um, Peter talked about so that you've got a better understanding of what's going on. Let's look to the future now. What are your hopes for the digital health and, and healthcare in the future? Charlotte, we'll start with you. What are my hopes? Oh, look, I, I, I live in a fantasy la-la land dream world where the, the ability to actually share the information between all the people that are doing the care for a patient is pretty automatic and taken for granted so that when I see somebody, I can upload a summary of that pretty sort of as part of my changes to my health record. So for instance, I prescribe something, the changes for that go up into the summary on the, my health record. And so then if something goes wrong, patient turns up at accident and emergency, and it is there without them having to tell you or remember, or if they're unconscious, for goodness sake, they can't tell you that, but you actually have a timely and accurate summary of what's going on So that's my dream. And we can actually collaborate better. And you talked about secure messaging. One would hope that we can actually do shared care through a platform in that sort of way so that we are all on the same page and we've got the same goals in mind. Christine, do you have your own hopes for what digital health looks like in the future? I can even think about the fairly short term. I'd like to see a a lot better uptake of the existing technology so that we can work towards less wastage of paper, for instance, that we can start to think about um, less printing, less posting, less faxing of information, and just improve people's time efficiency by doing that. I'm loving secure messaging. Uh, I think that that provides a, a safe, effective, timely way of communication. And love to see better uptake of that. So in particular, between our interactions from general practice to hospitals uh, so that we can overcome some of those challenges of receipt of timely information from hospitals. Mike, do you have your thoughts on the future of digital healthcare? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I'm certainly with both what Charlotte and Christine have said already and certainly that making the most of what we've got and driving that fully. But if I want to do a bit of crystal ball gazing, uh, let's be a little bit more controversial. And I'll put myself in the the patient seat. I want no decisions made about me without me knowing what they are. I want more control of my data because I want to be able to use that data for all sorts of other purposes and controlling who sees what and when and knowing who's seen what and when I think is going to be part of the battleground. And if we're going forward with best practice and decision support and when we've got better data, uh, all sorts of AI, then we can stop talking about quality and safety. We should just expect that as part of best practice healthcare deliverable. And we can start having much more interest in precision and personalization. 
because that's what I actually want. I want something that actually is personalized and precise for my specific needs, not just a general uh, treatment or a general approach. So I think that's where we're heading. And I think we're well set up to deliver that. And the, the My Health Record is certainly part of that jigsaw, but it's a push towards and away from data quality and safety uh, and towards precision and personalization, which will deliver that. And to you, Peter, what does the future of digital health look like in your mind? Sure. Um, I think like the others, there's some short-term early wins which could make um, the whole process of utilising digital health for delivering good quality care more, more effective. And I can start, for example, when I open up my clinical information system in my practice at, when I'm seeing the patient, it'd be nice if the rather than me going looking for information, that information is actually pushed or sent to me. So, for example, if um, I saw you a month ago and now I see you today, I open up your record, uh, it automatically trolls the My Health record and says, since your last visit, the patient has had an X-ray or pathology test that you haven't ordered. Are you interested? Or a discharge summary sitting there that you haven't seen. Doing that delta with my system so that it's actually providing me with the relevant information at that point of care, I think is important. The the other area, I think, is around the, um, and I think it was alluded to by Charlotte, around that care team and care plans so that they're also shared uh, amongst all the providers that are involved in the care of this patient. And in some ways, it'd be nice, with, and presumably within Miles Record, where you would have a summary dashboard of just where that person is at in that journey, because it's about the patient in the end and where they're at in the journey. And all I'm doing is having a look in at that point of care when I see the patient, where they're at, how they're travelling, and, and adding to that care team approach around the patient-centric care. And the last thing, I guess, is more around the whole uh, electronic exchange of information uh, from electronic prescribing, uh, e-referrals and e-ordering. And I think the future for me would be some sort of like a web exchange service where I can prescribe, I can order pathology and maybe do a cardiology referral without necessarily having to be very specific about which pharmacy, which cardiologist or which pathology company this patient's got to go to. And they can turn up anywhere uh, that's convenient around where they live in their community and be able to present themselves there and the request is uh, already there without them losing it or, or having to be forced to go to a particular pathology. I mean, in, in some cases, you may need to go to specific uh, named labs or named people, but you may want to just be able to get to you know, the earliest cardiology appointment and, and, uh, and not be uh, locked into having to wait six months when you can get one in two weeks. But about the whole logistics of how we deliver care. Mm. Well, I mean, sticking with, with logistics and, and you all mentioned the patient-focused approach um, and having the patient at the centre, what are some of the practical things that you think doctors can do to provide that, the connectivity and, and these services to their patients? Peter, I'll start with you. The whole My Health Record concept is about a patient-controlled medical record and a repository of all their information um, that they gather as they journey through um, all those contact points with their health system. 
So having a, a patient-controlled electronic health record is certainly a, a good start. Having an opportunity for the consumer to enter their information, which we do have to an extent, but it's often not visible to the provider, uh, apart from things like if the patient wants to add, add uh, an advanced care directive or some of their medications that they're taking, uh, the rest of their information is not currently in the MyHealth record. And I think some interface connectivity with, for example, anything uh, from a wearable device or a diary uh, and being able to summarise that data so that when they present to a GP, I don't have to look at everything they've entered over the last uh, few months, but a summary, for example, of their walking activity or uh, nutritional activity uh, presented to me at, at a point of care summarising their their um, uh, their health data uh, and then that using that as part of that interaction and consultation, I would find extremely helpful. Charlotte, you have something you'd like to add? Uh, yep, thank you very much. Um, I absolutely agree with um, what Peter said, but I also think one of the biggest things we can do, and I'm already started to do it, is actually use my patients' experience of what they're going through to understand the power of the My Health record. So, for instance, I've I've got a number of patients who aren't on it yet, and there's been a number of times when it would have been fabulous to been able to access the information that was behind there if they'd had one. And it's actually then given people meaning as to why um, and the benefit for them. And so a number of them have changed their minds and created a My Health Record for themselves so that because it had meaning, it actually, you know, gave them some understanding of what would be improved for them. But also too, as I use it, the patients get excited because they can see that it's really improving the speed at which I can access those really important um, touch points that they've had outside of my um, particular bit of the system so that it becomes more connected and I can actually look after them better. And by doing that, then they will actually be more proactive in actually saying, can you upload that? Have you made sure that that's going into my my health record so that people can access it? Mike, do you have any thoughts on, on practical things doctors can do to provide connectivity you know, to their patients, but also, I guess, connectivity between GPs and other healthcare professionals? Hmm, gosh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's the big question. Uh, I mean, there are simple things like uh, offering appointments online, uh, offering um, appropriate reordering of repeats, you know, without having to get people to come in and uh, wear out the carpet. Um, so there are simple things like that. The interoperability between GPs is down to a complex interface between what do we all regard as the things to record for certain situations. So how do we record diabetes in medical director and best practice and genie? And how do we do our follow-up notes so that they are able to be read on an alien system and have the same meaning. And I know that sounds as though it should be easy, but it's actually quite difficult. And we, the clinicians, need to give the vendors a single set of 
requirements for that so that they can then deliver us those interoperable systems. And we've got all of the technical stuff, all of the nuts and bolts and fiber optics and things with lots of acronyms like SNOMED and FIRE. But what we are lacking in Australia at the moment is just that clinical push to actually get it into our systems. And I think that's up to us to, uh, uh, to work on. Christine, I'd like to ask you, just we've been uh, getting to towards the end of the podcast here, but any advice that you might give to doctors and practices who want to adopt digital health tools and thinking about it? There's certainly a lot of assistance and educational material that's available through um, primary health networks and also through the Australian Digital Health Agency. But in terms of thinking about practices as a whole, I think it's worthwhile um, practices considering the process that they might use for um, developing something of a digital strategy. And as a starting point to that, I think that one of the most useful things to do is to nominate a person who's going to be the leader in any such initiative. And within a practice that may well be a, a GP who, who's got more of a passion for digital health, it might be a nurse in the practice, it might be a receptionist, but the most likely person is going to be a, a practice manager. And I think a practice manager can provide that general oversight and be a go-to person for the rest of the practice to actually drive the use of digital technology more broadly. They might notice, for instance, that there's a particular doctor who's printing out a lot of information and putting it in the pigeonhole for the receptionist to fax off that information. And that's an opportunity for education um, to happen in terms of uh, advising the doctor about the opportunities for secure messaging, for instance, and how to utilise the My Health record for the flow of information as well. Thanks, Christine. Charlotte, do you have any final thoughts on advice you'd give doctors thinking about harnessing digital health? We do need to adopt change. We need to be mobile. We need to obviously be making sure that we put in place appropriate security measures. But more to the point, we need to actually ad adopt and adapt our models of care to be focused around the use of digital health going forward. Just I mean, you know, we can actually improve accessible, safe, high-quality care by doing that, and we need to actually proactively plan that now. And I think we just need to talk about it and why and the benefits. Thanks, Charlotte. Peter, do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, look, I think one of the points touched on is around uh, good data quality because if we keep good uh, our clinical information or at least a health summary in a structured, coded format. Um, that information is absolutely valuable to any other provider in, that will be looking after your patient in the future. So if you keep that well up to date within your clinical information system, then uploading a shared health summary um, is just one click away uh, without needing to change or amend anything, really, other than maybe something that may, has to remain confidential. But essentially, Remember, you're doing this for the patient and it's about where they turn up next, which may not be back at your practice and it could be anywhere in the health system, anywhere in Australia and for that matter, anywhere in the world uh, because as you may be aware, patients can access their uh, My Health record from anywhere in the world. They can carry an app 
uh, on their phone and connect back to their shared health summary or everything that's on the My Health record and make that uh, also available through their smartphone or tablet to the clinician that's treating them elsewhere, interstate or overseas. So I think the important thing is see what's a benefit after the patient. Uh, there are benefits for you to adopt tech, digital tech tools, but, but in the end, you're adopting them for the benefit of the patient. Electronic prescribing in the COVID-19, that's opened up a whole lot of new opportunities around teleconsulting, uh, but particularly uh, electronic prescribing, which is going to be increasing, even though we've been using image prescribing or faxes. The idea is that in a pandemic, which can happen again, or in uh, disasters such as bushfires, you want to be able to access patient records. You want to be able to dispense prescriptions. And the way you're going to do that in, in that those sort of scenarios is through digital tools and uh, electronic means. So lots of benefits, and, and, and it's great. It'd be good to get on board now. And even if you find you're not finding useful information yet on the My Health Record for your patient care, remember what you put on there is going to be extremely useful to another provider who's going to be looking after your patient. Thanks, Peter. Uh, Mike, over to you for the final thoughts that you might have. Lord, okay. So that's a, a big, big uh, responsibility. Um, no, they don't, they don't need to be too big, Mike. Just any final <laughs> thoughts or advice that you might give someone. Yeah, oh, come, come on in. The water's lovely. You know, this is about... Uh, as as we've all said, this is about being able to provide the best possible care for our patients and having some new tools which give us a much better opportunity to do that. And as we start to use it and as we actually uh, get, as Peter said, you know, these structured and coded uh, summaries, then those can be imported, and they have, and and they become just a, a a piece of truth which comes through the system, and we can build on better quality care from that base. Thank you, Michael. Uh, it's easy to see how both patients and healthcare professionals can benefit from digital health. Every visit to a healthcare professional or a hospital or other medical facility may result in important information about their health being created, as all of our panellists have mentioned, and being stored at that specific location. Digital health allows this information to be much more easily shared between the healthcare providers involved in their care. The My Health Record system will give patients 24-7 access to a summary of their health information from anywhere in Australia. The ability to keep track of their medications, immunisations and allergies, and we've heard just how important that information can be. It'll give patients more understanding of their health status and more involvement in the healthcare decisions affecting them, as well as the ability to share their important health information with all healthcare providers involved in their care. Using your existing clinical software, you can readily access the My Health Record system and download and contribute up-to-date information about your patient's health to supplement the information you receive directly from other healthcare providers. And as we've heard, it's a team effort here. All that information is going to be helpful for someone at some point in time. This information includes medical history, details of any allergies, adverse drug reactions and immunisations, any medications that have been prescribed in the dispense, hospital discharge summaries, as well as specialist letters. This information can be of particular benefit for new patients and also helps you develop a complete picture of the patient's history so that you have the right information for the right person 
at the right time, at the point of care. Thank you to everyone for listening and thank you again to all my podcast panellists today.